Hi, listeners. My name is Darren Clark. I'm the audio editor for Perpetual Traffic. I'm going to play you a blooper reel. Now, if it wasn't for the magic of post-production, your podcast would sound something a little like this. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Perpetual Pain in the Ass. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. All right. <laughs> Perpetual Pains in the Ass. <laughs> Put that in the episode somewhere. That's pretty great. <laughs> we are super excited to. <laughs> Sorry, Ed. <laughs> Darren, can you keep that one in? <laughs> the suggested. The sug- another tongue twister. Oh no! Uh. <laughs> and once we get into that, it's going to be really, really good. But I don't like the way I did that. But um, and who are you? I'm, I'm, who yes. are you again? <laughs> Tell me only shit hello. <laughs> Can you guys so. hear people in the background? No, no. Can you, Ralph? No. Can you guys hear the wind? Are you outside? I wouldn't be outside. No. All right, cool. All right, so today, today, we are going to, this is kind of going to be, this is going to be pretty much, this is going to be kind of like a two-part, wait, this is going to be kind of like part two of what we did back on episode eight when we had a two-part series on really how to find, that doesn't really make sense. Sorry, I'm like slap happy right now. I know, me too. Scratch that, Darren. We're talking Johnson boxes and grease shoot openings. <laughs> I'm like, we got grease shoot shoots and Johnson boxes on here. <laughs> we're talking Johnson. We're, we're talking, talking Johnson, Johnson boxes and, and grease shoot openings. openings. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello and welcome back to Perpetual Traffic. Today we have all three of us back together again. So, uh, hey Ralph, how we doing, buddy? We missed you last week. Good, good to be back. Why was that episode better than any other one that I've ever listened to? Because <laughs> <laughs> Molly talked most of the time. Kind of ticked, actually. <laughs> Molly's stuff is so damn good. Bye, Ralph. No, it's your it's your time to shine today. <laughs> yes, yes. Today's episode, we are going to be covering. Uh, 14 Elements of Persuasive Ad Copy. And Ralph actually wrote out a great document that that we'll make available in the show notes for you. And he's got uh, 14 elements listed out that help you create ad copy that will convert. Super simple tips, things that will help you get started. So if you think about the last episode, if you go back to episode 33, where Molly gave this incredible training about her ad grid, which shows you how to build campaigns that convert and scale. And it's just a really, really cool training. So if you haven't listened to that, please go back and listen to that. But today is a great follow-up because what Ralph has done is he's given you some starter points, some great important elements, and also some some starter points to kind of inspire you to to get something down, to get started, and to, to have some good starting points for creating compelling, persuasive ad copy. So last week where I was the student, uh, this week's going to kind of be the same, but this time Molly gets to be the student too. So we're thinking that Ralph, if you can just kind of start to go through this and we will chime in with questions and also, of course, chime in with our insights. But uh, what do you say we kind of get right into it? Yeah, let's do it. 
before we, we kind of hand the mic over to Ralph in reference to the ad grid that we just talked about, all of the empty cells inside of the grid, you're going to fill those cells with ad copy. And, and we didn't cover a lot on that episode about ad copy. Uh, but keep in mind, you know, if you have an offer that someone wants and you have a great strategy for your campaign, well, if you don't write good ad copy, then no one's going to know why they should click. If your ad copy doesn't portray your marketing message, well, you can build out this awesome campaign, but it's going to fail because you aren't able to persuade them why they should click. So just to frame how important this is and, you know, teaching someone how to write ad copy is difficult, right? It's so situational and it's a really learned skill. But if you use these 14 different elements that Ralph's going to teach you, and again, you don't have to have all 14 elements in, in every piece of ad copy, but if you pull some of these out and, and piece them together, you'll be able to write really good ad copy that, that will convert. I was listening to that episode, which was, which was awesome. If you have not listened to it, go back and definitely listen to Molly's ad grid episode from last week, because it, there's so much in there, but the the thing that I came away with, and this is something that we just sort of stumbled on, and I'll tell you how we kind of came up with this list to begin with, is when you're staring at those 25 open spaces, you're not really sure exactly where to start. So hopefully today, one of these 14 elements will kind of give you that kickstart so that you can actually start writing copy. And this is not the type of thing where you need to go through extensive copywriter training. Like, you know, I've been doing this now for, I guess, seven years online. So, I mean, I've done a lot of courses, read a lot of books, done a lot of trainings on this sort of thing. But one of the things that, that we came upon is that when we started hiring folks inside the agency, one of the elements to creating really well-converting campaigns is good ad copy. And ad copy is not something that you just pick up all of a sudden. So uh, one of our interns, she was an intern at that point, she's now full-time, she actually asked me, she said, well, how do you write ad copy? So I sent her an email with about 10 or 11 of these tips in, uh, in that email, and then she started writing ad copy for, for a particular campaign and then said, hey, what do you think of this? And I had forgotten that I had actually sent her that email. It was a few weeks before that. And I said, well, how did you know how to do that? And she said, well, I learned it from you which doesn't necessarily mean like I'm some copywriting genius, but I think the point is, is that it gave her a starting point. She kind of knew which one of these things maybe she can start with and then maybe how to end and how to hook, how to use the things that, that Molly had talked about last week and fill in those blank spaces in your ad grid as quickly as possible. So hopefully today is going to be something that's going to jumpstart that, that process for you. All right. So let's get right into it. How about uh, let's start with number one. I think number one is probably the most important one. Here we talk about Facebook advertising quite a bit, but I mean, I think all these principles here apply not just to Facebook, but if you're writing ad copy for Google AdWords or for even display ads that you might be doing, I think all these principles definitely hold true. So number one is be authentic, transparent, and have your own brand voice. And I think um, it was probably my father who said this, who said, always be yourself because that way you'll always know how to act. So in ad copy, it's the same kind of thing, is that you just have to be consistent with your voice. And especially on Facebook, you can be very informal. We've actually noticed that even though the next 13 principles here or elements are going to be a little bit more structured, we've also noticed that really informal ad copy 
like kind of written like you're writing it to a friend or like you would sort of write in your Facebook newsfeed or on your personal profile, that type of ad copy, sometimes it actually trumps the ad copy that's more quote unquote copywritten. So the point is, is that if you have a voice for your business, and you obviously do, if you're a solopreneur or if you're a small business or a small company, you have a particular culture in that company. So be yourself as much as you possibly can. Be authentic, be transparent, yeah. and it really transfers well on Facebook. Yeah, Ralph, I'm, I'm so glad that this was what you led off with because there's nothing more important than that. Telling the story, thinking about you know, the language that your business uses, the language that the market uses, right? The language that your prospects would respond to and just being authentic and your copy shouldn't sound like a robot wrote your copy, especially if you're on a social platform like Twitter or Facebook, you need to write your ad copy like someone would write a status because you don't want your ad to stand out as an ad. So really being authentic to the brand and you know, telling that, telling that story and allowing someone to read the copy and actually hear you talking. And I'm going to jump in here too, because this is so important. And like Molly mentioned, and sort of Ralph about the type of copy, you don't want it to necessarily look like, for example, a really well-written headline on a sales letter or a sales video. Sometimes that as much as you think it will work with Facebook, it doesn't always work. Okay, we're going to give you some great elements here. Ralph's going to give you some great elements. But the one tip that I like to give people as much as possible is if you showed up at a party and I came up to you and I was asking you about your business or your product, or your service, or what do you do? How do you explain that to me? You know, when you get excited about it and you're trying to explain to me what your product or service does and how it helps people, that's how you want to talk to people on Facebook. Okay, and don't be afraid to, to say, a lot. Okay. Don't be afraid to put it all out there in your ad itself. We've seen some ads lately with some really, really long copy, just telling people exactly what they're going to get, what they're going to see in the video or what they're going to get when they get to the other side. And it has worked really, really well. Lots of shares, lots of likes, high relevant scores. So the more authentic you can be, the more transparent you can be. And in some cases, the more you can put it out there, but just talk like you would a normal conversation and then have your natural calls to action throughout. If you think about that, you just try to write like you talk in many cases on Facebook. That's actually just perfect. And all of our coaching clients that we have, none of them are professional copywriters by any stretch, but they all write their own ads and they all do really well. So even if you're not perfect, I mean, I would definitely get your grammar and your spelling and all that right. Although we have had cases where higher performing ads had spelling errors in them as opposed to words being spelled correctly in some cases. So the, don't, split test, don't that. split test that. That's by mistake only. But yeah, really write the way that you speak as much as possible. We'll give you some more resources at the end of the show today to, to learn how to do a little bit more in-depth copywriting. But um, being yourself, I think, is the most important thing here. All right. So that's number one. One down, 13 to go. Yeah, 13 to go. Let's make sure we, we're a little quicker on the next 13. Number two is really is, is simplify. Try to use one word or maybe one syllable word to say the same thing in place of two or three words, or maybe two to three or even four syllable words. Simple words seem to work the best. 
But one of the elements that we're going to talk about and later on this list is using questions. If you can just say, want something, question mark, instead of, do you want something, question mark, those types of ads usually work better. So always try and figure out a way to get right to the point, be really succinct, look at those words and say, is there a way maybe I can pull out a how-to or maybe a why or maybe another word in that headline or in that sentence so that it makes a little bit more sense, it's a little bit more clear. Remember, we live in a 140-character world, so the more direct and to the point you can be, the better. So simplify is number two. That's a great tip there. One of the best books ever written for just writing in general, writing prose or or, or well-written books or articles is called The Elements of Style. It's a super small book by William Strunk and E.B. White. And like one of the biggest things that they continually hit over and over and over again is simplify. How can you take like a five-word phrase and pare it down to like two? And that's not just copywriting. That's general writing to get people to want to continue to read what you're writing. Number three is, this is, I think, Molly's favorite, is write for Homer, not for Hawking. <laughs> so I love it. <laughs> um, ad copy should definitely be written as much as possible at a fifth grade reading level. That's the average reading level in the United States, the last time I had checked, uh, which is unfortunate, but it's true. So write for Homer the Simpson, not Hawking the astrophysicist. That is a super important point. And they actually, they have figured out that one of the reasons why uh, politicians do better than other politicians is based upon how pithy and how simple, going back to number two, their sound bites are. It's the same thing in your ad copy. So if there's a large word in there, the three or four syllable that you have to look up in a dictionary, if you've got a great vocabulary, that's great. But keep it out of your ad copy as much as you possibly can, because most people won't understand what it is. So you simplify those words. And really think about your market. Hop into forums where your market's hanging out. Read Amazon reviews. There's not a direct way to figure this out, but try to figure out roundabout what is the reading level of my audience. For example, at Digital Marketer, our audience is pretty well-educated. So we can speak at a higher grade level than we do at Survival Life. Uh, Very, very different. So think about how this applies to your market and, you know, what's their education level? And I think reviews inside Amazon, I mean, for us as an agency, reviews in Amazon are actually the lifeblood of a lot of our ad copy. So that way we actually know what the vernacular is, the terms, maybe the expressions that people use in particular niches. Like we have somebody that's, that's in the survival niche. I'm not a survivalist, so I don't really know how they talk. So I actually went to Amazon and reviews and found really simple words that we can use in that ad copy. And it's done really, really well for us. Okay. So number four is front load the bennies, bennies as in benefits, (laughs) (laughs) not benzodiazepines, Molly, Um, (laughs) uh, not the Benjamins, not the Benjamins. That's well, (laughs) Keith, you got it in the right place there. Uh, So front load your benefits and or questions as much as possible. So when you're writing your ad copy, most people usually read headlines and maybe one or two lines. Front load the bennies, you'll get more Benjis. That's right. More bennies, you get more Benjamins. And maybe one more line if you're lucky. So don't wait to put in the good stuff. If you've got a real benefit, there's usually a question in there in your element of copy. Make sure that you answer that 
very quickly with the benefit of whatever it is that you're, you're doing. And this is not a feature. So big difference between a feature and a benefit, right in benefits, not in features. So if you have a knife, for example, that, you know, is uh, made of, you know, I don't even know, titanium, that's your feature. But the benefit is it can whittle a stick in less than five minutes. You know, if you're a survivalist, I'm not sure if survivalists actually do that, but, but the benefit is not the feature itself. The feature is the titanium blade. The benefit is what you can actually do with it. So there's also the benefit behind the benefit, but we're not going to get into that for right now. So talk about those benefits up front as much as possible. So it hooks people in uh, as much as they possibly can. So they, they think what's in it for me. Oh, there's the benefit right there. You know, I can whittle a stick in under five minutes or whatever it is that, that they want to do as their end result. Number five is what we just referred to is insert bold questions. I think this is probably the, the number one thing that we do with most of our ad copy is we start off with a question. And the reason is, is that if you start off with a question in your ad copy, we as humans are programmed to want to answer questions. So I think it's just a natural sort of instinct for us. When we see a question, we want to either figure out what the answer is or answer it. So a lot of uh, our ad copy actually begins with questions. And I've noticed that Digital Marketer does a lot of the same sort of stuff. Totally. Do you want to crush it with YouTube ads? Question mark. One of your examples, one of the best ones I think is for the swipe file, which was want to generate leads and sales from Facebook, Twitter, and other social platforms? Question mark. Right. Yeah. Hit a pain point if you can with a question, but even if it's a benefit, generating clicks and leads and sales from social media, that's a benefit but I still positioned it as a question, right? right? Question is a great way to catch someone's attention. It's a great lead off in your ad copy. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I think you'll see with most of our ad copy, I mean, I think with, with most folks in Facebook, a lot of people are doing this as how to start their ad. In that headline, ask a question. So if you're staring at that blank sheet of paper in the ad grid, just write down the biggest question that maybe one of your avatars really has and that you can answer it really quickly in the next line, which is number six. So as soon as you ask that question, number six is answer it immediately. And then hooking back to number four, which is give the answer to the question and the line right underneath the question. So for example, want to generate more traffic and engagement from Facebook, Twitter, and other social platforms, question mark, copy and paste these 72 proven headline formulas today. Perfect example. Like that's a digital marketer ad copy. I think Molly, you probably wrote it that we use in the agency as a, just a super simple, but very effective way at addressing that avatar, hitting on the big pain point with a question and then resolving it with whatever it is that you want them to download. It's a really simple formula. Bam. Number seven is use revealing words. I mean, I think these can get mm. a little bit overused sometimes, especially in internet marketing land, but we tend to use words such as discover or reveal or astonishing. Um, but even more importantly is new. Uh, Ad Espresso actually did this. Maybe we can link to it in the show notes of all the ads that were ever written through their platform. And they saw that the word new and number eight, which is you, uh, were the two most 
mentioned words in ad copy in all of their Facebook ads. And the reason is, is because it works. People love new. So if you can use some descriptive adjectives alongside that without getting, you know, going back to number three, you can't get too complicated. You want to keep things really simple and write for Homer, you know, words like discover, reveal, astonishing, so forth. Words in that frame, I think are really, really effective. But if you've got something new, don't be shy about putting new in your ad copy. People love new stuff. Number eight is you rules. The, uh, the use of you in your ad copy is a really effective way. I, I see this used a lot of different ways, but we always sort of tend to fall back on it is using you and your ad copy as much as possible. And the reason is, is that we as humans, we're selfish people. I mean, we only really care about ourselves. So, and they really don't care about you. That, that person who's seeing your ad on the Facebook newsfeed or your YouTube ads or whatever it happens to be, they don't care about you. All they care about is themselves. So if you talk to them and actually mention it in your copy as you, Y-O-U, you'll get a far better response because you're framing it from their perspective as opposed to yours. There are cases in which we do use I, but that might be sort of a more personal kind of ad where we're actually trying to sell someone or their image or their brand, some personal brand. We will use I in those. Like I brought this brand new training out today and I want to share it with you type of thing. So I start with I, but I end with you because the ad really isn't about you. It's about the person who's actually seeing it in their newsfeed. And if you talk in that language, you'll see much better click-through rates and responses to your ads. Now let's touch on one caveat there, which catches people a lot. One of the questions we get a lot with our students and, and clients is I got this ad disapproved and they can't figure out why. And it's because of the way they were using the word you. And so this is very, very important to understand. It can be confusing. When is the situation where we don't want to use the word you in what context? Yeah, that's a really good point. We actually came up against this today in a, in a call for a potential agency customer. They were calling out a particular disease state. So I'm not going to get into the specifics of it, but let's just use a general definition. It, you know, are you suffering from arthritis? If you put that in your ad copy, that will immediately get disapproved and it's against Facebook's terms of service because you're calling out a disease state. Or any state. It doesn't have to be disease. It could be anything. It could be something related to their age or their their last name. It doesn't have to be a negative necessarily. It's if you are calling out something specific that that person may have like because of the targeting. It has to do a lot with the privacy. This is a tough one. We see this a lot because you can say the same message, but you can frame it in a different way. So specifically, if you go to facebook.com forward slash policies forward slash ads, we'll leave this in the show notes as well. You'll actually see uh, where in the middle section where it says prohibited content, referring to people's personal attributes is not allowed. So things like, you know, are you Christian or are you fat? Are you balding? Do you suffer from arthritis? Something like that. So it doesn't necessarily need to be a disease state, like I said before, but it is calling out a personal attribute. I think that's really where we want to make that line of distinction. So you is very powerful, but it can also cross the line a little bit and get a little creepy. So that's what Facebook is really sort of safeguarding against. So basically a couple examples. Yeah. So instead of saying something like, are you feeling sick or 
do you suffer from arthritis? You could say something like, did you know that people who are suffering from arthritis could feel better if they took these supplements, right? Did you know that you can prevent uh, being sick in the wintertime by this, this, and this? So you can still say you, but you can't call them out for that specific personal attribute. I mean, it's it's right there in that uh, that link that we're going to leave in the show notes. But indirect assertions or implications about a person's race, ethnic origin, religion, beliefs, age, lots of things here. So just read that section. You should stay on the right side of the equation. But definitely you is powerful. It can be overused, but use it as much as you can. Not overly so. It's just so it's natural, like it's natural in conversation. All right. Number nine is use brackets. And uh, I think everybody knows what brackets are here, but obviously in the, in the download, you'll be able to see exactly what they are. But when you announce something, try to frame it with brackets. And the reason is, is that this catches your eye. Remember that people are basically thumbing through their newsfeed. I, I think that's something to really keep in mind when you're writing ads is that people are thumbing, you know, their right, left thumb, just scrolling through whatever sort of catches their eye. And Brackets, for whatever reason, I don't know why, maybe it's going to get overused after this episode, they, they tend to catch people's attention, especially if they're framed around something that you're trying to announce to them. So, for example, the things that we do in headline copy is we'll put like free web class. We won't say webinar because a lot of people that's overused, but some people don't even know what a webinar is. We might say free training or maybe brand new video tutorial. Or maybe you might even call them out, you know, in some of your avatars, you know, you've got your four or five different avatars because you listened to the last, last week's episode. Maybe you call out, you know, Hey, social media managers, social media managers only something like that. Yes. I just saw an ad that said Phoenix woman only. We were doing ad critiques inside of our digital marketer lab group. And there was a guy that was, you know, trying to promote his CrossFit gym. And he had Phoenix women only. And that's awesome. He's he's calling out his audience. Yep, exactly. So, I mean, that's more of like always call here is a dog whistle call out too. So you're kind of using two different techniques, which is, you know, really, really effective. Like if you're trying to figure out the whole ad grid thing, how do I differentiate between my five different avatars? All you really need to do is social media managers only or coaches only or agency owners only, colon. And then whatever your next line is. And in most cases, that will be a question, you know, going back to number five in our list of elements here, which is insert a bold question right after that. So you're kind of doing two things. So you might even want to bracket that around. We tend to use brackets around whatever the thing is that we're giving away, like free training, free video series, brand new video tutorial, that kind of thing. And then we might even dog whistle call out people as well. But try not to overuse it. I would say maybe one or two of these in an ad at most. Don't overdo it. Sometimes it can be good under the image too, in the image headline. Because um, you can't yep. bold. You can't bold the copy, right? You can't bold and you can't underline like you can on a normal web page or, or, or article, right? So you have to use what's on the keyboard. What can you use? You can use brackets. You can use capitalization. You can use a right carrot or a left carrot. So a right carrot basically turns it into an arrow. And sometimes we'll use two or three of those when we have a URL. And there's lots of things you can do to, to make your stuff stand out, dashes, lines, those types of things. Yeah. And now you can actually put emojis in there too, which I think this is going to probably get overused a lot. I think there's all kinds of other types of things that you can put in there. At one point in time, you could not have 
more than three characters in a row, but Facebook seems to have, have withdrawn that. And now, especially with emojis, you can, you can certainly insert it in there. So just other things that aside from the words themselves, that'll sort of break up your ad copy and catch people's attention, I think is a really good thing because think of everyone as thumbing through their newsfeed and your job is to catch your attention. So they stop thumbing. Number 10 is capitalize. This is another one that goes along with the brackets is that capitalize in the words that you want to emphasize, but don't overdo it. And I think that's really important is that you don't want to make the thing look like an ad too much. Bear in mind, this is native advertising. So, you know, your ad is being shown alongside cat videos and, you know, pictures of grandkids and stuff like that. So you've got to kind of keep that in mind. Don't capitalize too much, but usually we will, you know, capitalize something that we really want to highlight and free ends up being something that we capitalize probably more than anything else. But I think it sort of depends on your ad copy. Um, but capitalize in the right way. If every one of your words or every other word is capitalized, you're definitely overdoing it. Maybe one or two per ad. Capitalization, it does stop people from that scroll. Number 11 is, and Russ Hennebury is going to love this one, love the ellipsis. So if you guys don't know what an ellipsis is, I never knew what it was until I actually heard something from Russ, but it's basically the three little periods in a row. And this is really a, a great little tool to sort of a continuation of whatever it is that you're saying. We tend to use this a lot, especially at the end of our ad copy, because an ellipsis to somebody who's reading, it appears as if there's something that has not concluded. There's no resolution to it. So the next logical step is to perform some kind of action, which is in your case, you want to click, you want to click to your landing page or your blog, or maybe a like, or whatever it happens to be. And the ellipsis is really, really effective. We've noticed this sort of by mistake in the description part of your ad in, in Facebook, especially in, in the desktop newsfeed is that when you put an ellipsis at the end of your sentence, and then you can actually do two different things here. You can actually encase it in a bracket. So you can use brackets, like we said in number nine, but also you can encase that, that ellipsis in a bracket, especially at the end of an ad. For whatever reason, it's like a pattern interrupt. It doesn't look quite right, and it stops people in the newsfeed, and it gets the click, or it gets them to read your copy or watch your video or whatever it happens to be. So as with all these elements here, don't overuse this one too much, but the ellipsis is definitely one that, that is super powerful, um, especially when you're storytelling. So storytelling is what ads are really all about in the Facebook newsfeed. And if you can use the ellipsis to get them to sort of a continuation of the story, which is maybe on your landing page, you've definitely achieved your objective. Number 12 is mix it up. And by mix it up, I mean all types of different lengths of ad copy. So we basically have four different lengths of ad copy. The first one is ultra short, which is one of our, one of our best ads. And I think one of Molly's best ads, I would say for that ultimate social media swipe file, I would consider that ultra short. It's really, it's two lines. It's two sentences in your ad copy. More than two sentences, then you probably get into what we refer to as short. 
and then there's long, and then there's Keith's favorite, which is long ass copy, which is any. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph so, coined the phrase though. I love yeah. it. But uh, it's it, and long ass copy is just anything that's like insanely long. I don't know as if there is a word count in a Facebook newsfeed ad. Uh, I certainly haven't come to it, but we've written ads that are upwards of 1500 words. So that's almost like a blog post in an ad itself. When it's used correctly, it can really you know pre-sell people, pre-frame people to what the next step is. Maybe it's a webinar sign up. Maybe it's a you know, maybe it's a trip wire. Maybe it's, you know, it's, it's some low price product or a free plus shipping offer. Usually with some type of offer that there's a little bit more investment, like time or maybe money, you use longer copy in most cases. Like Keith, you've got an offer right now for your book, which has tremendously long copy. That's definitely a long ass copy. And that's converting great. Cause it's going right into a sales page and it shows you everything you get. And there's like kind of like an FAQ and, and there's a long copy ad running with an image, but the long copy ad running with a nine minute long video is the one that's crushing it the most. We talked about that. I added in the, the end of the last uh, video ad podcast in episode number 32. Yeah. And I think Molly, one of the best long copy ads is actually is, is in our, our download uh, from the podcast here today is, is one of the ads that you did, which is a live training. So yeah. think, think about copy like this is that you don't want to kill an ant with an atom bomb. So, you know, make your copy match the level of commitment that you want the person to take. So if it's a name and an email address, you know, yeah, you could write super long copy if you wanted to, but you're probably overdoing it because that's going to be a very quick thing for somebody to do, especially if you're using like a lead gen ad or something like that on Facebook. But if there's a larger investment of time or money, like a, a live webinar, or maybe a free plus shipping offer like Keith's offer for his book, it makes sense to actually write a lot of copy in there. And I think, you know, one of the things that you do, Keith, is you actually insert like a Q&A, like a FAQ of, of objections that you get, which is even Overcoming more Overcoming objections. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Covering the top four questions that people ask. Is it really free? How do I access it? Yeah. So, I mean, definitely try ultra short copy. You know, one of the best ads that we have going right now is basically is two lines. It's been running for about two and a half years. And it basically says, are your baseboards ugly? Question mark. Fix them here with a link. <laughs> and that is the entire ad. Nothing more. <laughs> and then a before no and after deal. image. Two and a half years. It's like two and a half years. It's been running nonstop. So, yeah. Ultra short copy really works. Short copy is just maybe three or four lines. Longer copy, we basically have a cutoff you know, where it says, see more. If you write copy a little bit too long, Facebook will cut it off after, I don't even know how many characters or how many lines it is. It sort of varies. But something that goes past that point where they actually have to click to see more would be considered long copy. And then anything that's just, you know, massive amounts of words would be considered long ass copy. So the point is, is, is mix it up. I mean, with, with all your avatars, you know, your four or five different avatars and maybe your hooks, you can try maybe a short copy, you know, a long copy, maybe a long ass copy and test those out and then see which one resonates the best. So the next one is 13, which is your Facebook call to action or your Facebook CTA. So you'll notice that when you're writing your ads, you have the option of, of using a Facebook call to action button. You've actually got a drop down of choices. So you can either use no button 
or you can use apply now, book now, donate now, download, learn more, shop now, sign up, or watch more. You've got lots of choices there. So you have to choose one or don't choose any at all. So the ones that we probably use the most are learn more because it's more soft sell. It's not actually getting them to commit, but sometimes we will use shop now. If it is right to you know a landing page or right to a shopping cart where maybe we've written some long ass copy, we've sold them, we've convinced them, they've watched the video that we have in the newsfeed. And then the next logical step is to shop. So we'll use that one. We use probably learn more, I think probably than, than any others. And then we use download probably a little bit less, but obviously there's lots of choices here depending on what your business is. One of the things that we've really found very effective recently is not to use a button at all. Yeah, we're not using them anymore. Yeah, so I would say in most of the copy, especially in the last month or so, we have just stopped using it because it just – it. It, it screams out that this is an ad. Now, people know that there's ads in their Facebook newsfeed. That's cool. You know, as long as you're offering something of value, but why call it out again? You can really duplicate the same thing in your ad copy. You don't have to have the button itself. Plus you actually get a little bit more space down below, below your image or below your video if you don't use any button. So which you can fill up with the great ad copy that you're writing for your ad. Last but not least is number 14, which is your URL. So URL, you have the option to actually put in a URL in your ad, the display URL, which is totally optional. Sometimes Facebook will actually just pull out the URL from your link that you're sending folks to, which is perfectly fine. There's a lot of different things that you can do here. I wouldn't overthink this one too much, but you know, sometimes we do actually put in a secondary call to action in there. You know, click here to register while space is available or click here to purchase while supplies last. You can certainly do a call to action there. But once again, if you do fill in that URL with some kind of call to action, it is going to look more like an ad. So what we're tending to do more now is probably just leave it blank or put in the name of your company. So, or your URL, like digital marketer or dominate web media right down there. I don't think this is a game changer, whether or not you put something in there or not, but I think for branding purposes, which I think really is important, definitely put it in there. Um, just the name of your business or the URL that they're going to. And, and, uh, I think that's fine. So that's pretty much all 14. The big thing to remember is that you, know, you don't have to use all 14 of these. It's an awful lot in one ad. But if you can use one of these just to kind of fill in those spaces, I mean, there's nothing worse than having sort of a blank page. Like, what do I write now? After you have your ad grid all set out, you've got all these blank boxes. So use one of these 14 elements just to sort of jumpstart your idea or your, your thought process in order to start writing some really good ad copy that works. We use a number of these elements in every single ad that we have ever written. I don't think we've used all 14 in one specific ad, but we might have. But these are really just to, to help you get over the hump and, and have that, uh, that blank page staring back at you no longer be so intimidating. No, this is awesome stuff, Ralph. Perfect. They're all small and concise. Uh, you can get them all at the show notes. So remember, you go to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. You can download this list of 14 elements of persuasive ad copy. So until next time, Ralph, thanks for bringing it. Great stuff. We can't wait to talk to you on the next episode. All right, guys. Talk to you all soon. See ya. Bye. See ya. 
You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.